This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Right Spot with Dunedin UNESCO's City of Literature. Every couple of weeks at this time we take a look at the literary scene in Aotearoa, Dunedin, celebrating our status as a UNESCO City of Literature. Speaking of which, our guest this morning, Claire Lacey, is the Dunedin City of Literature PhD candidate at the University of Otago. And uh, Claire joins us on the line now. Morena, good to have you with us, Claire. Kia ora, thanks so much for having me. Claire, tell us how this opportunity came about for you. So I um, did a master's degree in creative writing and published my first book in 2013. And then I left writing for a little bit and was focused on my roller derby career um, when I sustained a life-altering concussion and spent several years in rehab uh, trying to get over symptoms. And once I was well enough, I wanted to take that experience, the disorientation, the feeling ill, and turn it into something useful. So I um, found out about the program here through one of my MA um, professors, Susan Rudy. She recommended working with Jacob Edmund here at Otago, and here I am. An interesting response to something like that. Uh, One might think that uh, when dealing with a head injury, one of the most challenging things might be to gain the necessary focus for writing. I suppose that was part of your motivation, was it? Absolutely. It was such a challenge, but... I also found myself naturally going back to poetry because of the fragmentation. It really echoed what I was experiencing, the lack of language, the lack of memory, uh, the inability to focus was something that poetry can hold on to in a way that um, I was really searching for. I was looking for a way to put together this experience that I had been through and had no words to express and was really struggling with. So coming to poetry really enabled me to find ways uh, to process that experience and also to look outwards and say, other people have had this experience and how can I reflect my experience to help um, make other people feel less alone and maybe reflect back at them what they're going through. So tell us about the focus of your PhD and the approach you've taken so far. So my PhD is on brain injury and poetry. I'm being co-supervised by the Department of English and the Department of Anatomy. And I am doing a creative critical thesis, which means half of it is a book of poetry, which I've mostly finished and have now published an excerpt from as a chapbook. And then beside that, I'm writing a critical analysis of the way that brain injury is represented in medical literature, in memoir, in fiction, and in poetry, and looking at how those representations uh, speak to both the medical community, the general public, and people with brain injuries. Have you, through this time, been reflecting on not only the impact of head injury on yourself, but but with others? Have you spent time with others with head injury? Yeah, that's been um, something that I've been doing all the way along because I came from um, 
Canada, where I sustained my roller derby injury. I also grew up in the ice hockey community. So I actually was surrounded by people with brain injury. And once I had my own, all of a sudden, it was everywhere. I was talking to all these people with similar experiences. And as I've been producing and performing this poetry, I have been meeting people uh, who often will come to me and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I went through that. Uh, I had a slip and fall or a car accident or my son uh, was injured playing rugby. You know, there, there's so many of these stories um, that it's, it's really astounding how once you start looking for them, everyone has a connection to head injury in some way. You presented After Impact at the last Fringe Festival. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, so that was a visual poetry installation that was hanging in the window of Fringe headquarters. And I printed a poem on a piece of organza fabric that was very sheer and had a fan pointed at it. So it was moving in the wind to help reflect that injury, um, the feeling of dizziness, of being unable to quite grasp the words and focus on them. Um, and it, that, it was very exciting to be able to have that up in the French headquarters for people to, to see uh, as they walked by. You don't often get that opportunity to see such a, a direct response to your work. Were you keeping an eye on it and, and how people did respond? Yeah, it was really interesting because, you know, as I was just walking around, I would see people stop and look at it and kind of tilt their head one way and another and go, oh, what what's this? Um, so that was really cool. And I also got a few um, really lovely messages from people who saw my website information and got in touch with me and said, oh, that's something that um, spoke to me. And it, it was a beautiful piece and so that was really meaningful to me as well because as a writer you put things out into the world but you don't always hear back um, so so working in a visual medium provided a very different experience for me. Claire how long ago was your head injury? Uh, so it was about seven years ago now. And how's it going? Well <laughs> I still experience uh, some symptoms so you know, the past few weeks I've actually been struggling with headaches again, and looking at screens can make that worse, being in noisy environments. So a lot of it is just learning to rebalance life, but being prepared for those times of ill health that come up um, and the, the intense pain that can accompany that with, with headaches and neck pain. Um, and learning to say no to things has been the most difficult because you know, I, I I want to go out and do things with friends, but I have to think, oh, how noisy will that venue be? Or, oh, will there be flashing lights there? Because those make me very dizzy now. Um, so going to the movies is not something I really do, uh, you know. And I, if I go to a theater production, I have to think, okay, well, I'll have to be ready to close my eyes in case they put on a strobe light or there's a lighting effect that will make me dizzy. So an invisible illness. Yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing about Dunedin is that there are places that take that into account. So um, Countdown has quiet hours and the uh, Otago Museum has been doing 
quiet hours as well. So you start to learn to look for places that will reduce the sensory impact. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing how many people look at me and go, oh, but you, you look fine. You seem fine. And it's like, well, yes, I work very hard to look and seem fine. And I'm lucky that I'm at the point where I can do that. But often I will then retreat to my room and uh, rest for several days after doing you know, a talk or, or if I have a particularly busy week. Apart from the other challenges, it must be somewhat of an emotional roller coaster, having a sense that progress is being made, but then having other days where it seems like you've taken steps back. As, as part of what you're doing with your work here, uh, ch- charting that, reflecting that? Yeah, I think the medical system always wants a linear progression and when you look at medical memoirs, they always have this, this linear progression. Someone overcomes something or there's a movement from illness to health. And actually, that doesn't reflect my experience and it doesn't reflect the experience of a lot of people. Uh, it's more of a you know, roller coaster ride up and down and up and down. And people still ask me, oh, well, when will you be normal again? And I have to say, well, this this is as normal as it's going to get for me. Um, and it's something that you learn to live with and adapt to and work around and make the best of because it's still your life. Um, and other things will keep happening and there will be, you know, other health scares that happen in the meantime. I went through a, a breast cancer scare um, early on in my head injury days. And so you're, you're always trying to juggle multiple things and yeah it's it's um uh, a lot of the work i'm doing is is a, a gentle pushing back against that expectation of a linear progression of a, of of this movement towards health or towards wellness and um about trying to figure out well where's where's the balance here how do i continue to live life without making it all about um myself really and and taking care of myself and healing myself that there's still other things to believe in and work towards there's still community there's still family and friends and and there's still purpose and meaning in life um beyond that still a life-changing moment and have you had an opportunity to to look back at the writing that you were doing before all this went down and compare where you are as a writer then and now? What I'm doing now is so much more personal and vulnerable than what I was doing before. I was really writing very political, experimental poetry. My first book, Twin Tongues, is about um, the language politics of being a white settler Canadian teaching English abroad in Papua New Guinea, with, which has a very complex um, linguistic context. And so I was writing um, about race and, and post-colonialism and um, in a very experimental and abstract way. And it, it's a very inaccessible book in a lot of ways. So now I'm thinking a lot more about how to write things that will communicate with people in a way that um, 
directly affects them. And I'm thinking a lot about how to write poetry that both reflects my experience, but also is open to other people who have been through this experience that makes communication difficult, um, which means things like working in different mediums, so, so working with sound as well as visual, as, as well as text. Claire, at this point, it might be nice to take a reading from you, one of your works. Tell us about this. Yeah, absolutely. So this piece is called Ultrasonic, and it is the first poem in my um, new chapbook that's out, and it really is about the the sensation of, of retreat after head injury and how the world is overstimulating and painful. Ultrasonic. Moth muffled in acoustic armor, fuzz swaddled, I wrap myself in blankets. Every sound of fingernail scraping spine, pressing between each vertebrae, all too muchness, the physical pain of pitches, pop songs, pedestrian crossings, sirens, the kettle boiling, my whole face tense. My shoulders squint to my ears. Eyes grew tight because sound hurts worse in light. The soft glow of day through navy blue curtains, an overbright screech. Some moths have no ears, cannot hear. Others have tympanal membranes so sensitive they eavesdrop on the ultrasonic conversation of bats. I cocoon and wish to emerge earless. Hush. 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 Claire, um, thank you for that. Where can we find your work? Um, so if you go to clairelacy.ca, C-L-A-I-R-E-L-A-C-E-Y dot C-A. Um, that's my website, and you can find there a link to the um, chat book just put out by Model Press, and so that's available for free download. And it also links uh, on that website to my books and to an upcoming anthology that I have an essay in called Impact the Lives of Women After Concussion, which is coming out in um, September from the University of Alberta Press. It was such a beautiful reading. Did we get the opportunity to see you uh, um, take your poetry out into the community? Uh, yes, I, I don't have anything coming up because I'm, I'm hitting the last few months of the PhD uh, journey, but I often show up at the uh, Dog With Two Tails um, poetry night. So there's, there's one on tonight. I won't be there, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I do pop up here and there, and there are also videos on YouTube. Claire Lacey, thanks so much for taking some time to join us for our Right Spot here on ORFM's Awesome Morning Show. It's been a real delight to talk with you. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.